I'm Magnolia McKay, and this is Nashville. I've been producing for This Is Nashville for a little over a year now, and when Khalil asked each of us to choose our favorite episode, that's like asking me to choose my favorite child. Fortunately, I don't have any children, so even though I had a short list of no less than 17 favorite episodes to choose from, there were some clear standouts for me from 2023. Later in the hour, you'll hear one of my favorite episodes that we aired last year, but right now I'm going to give you a real treat, a scene that I produced in March that never made it to air. One of the strengths of doing a live daily show is that we get to respond to breaking news and current events. When tragedy struck at the Covenant School in March, we shifted the following day's episode to a heartfelt conversation about one of the victims. In the second half of that episode, we talked about pollinators in Middle Tennessee. Bees, bats, beetles, and more. But for time, we did have to cut a scene that I'd produced. So, without further ado, join me now on a Nashville rooftop for this sweet story. I'm on the Belmont University campus with President Emeritus Bob Fisher. We ride an elevator to the top of the Janet Ayers Academic Center. This is the only one though where we where we keep these. And so so you can see we I just started painting them. When the door opens, we see an enclosed balcony, the floor almost completely covered with grasses, flowers, and other plants. There's a concrete path to walk on so we don't crush the plant life. And along the wall, four hives. Only two of them are active right now. I lost two hives this year. Uh, and I'm not sure to what? Anyway, I have two active ones that have made it through, through the winter, and I'm so excited about that. Are you the only one who tends to the bees up here, or do you have I, a crew? No, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the bee guy, and I take care of them completely. Bob says sometimes students take an interest, but when it comes to the hard work of harvesting the honey, he's on his own. But that's okay. I love doing it. It's My, it, my wife can tell you. I, when I come home from having been up here, it's always a good thing. Uh, there was a song by the Drifters back when I was a kid called Up on the Roof. Up on the roof, up on the roof. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to That's pretty much what happens when I come up here to this uh, green roof. It'll be filled with beautiful wildflowers soon, butterfly weeds, and all sorts of uh, native species that the bees love. Bob says there are several green roofs on the campus that his bees visit, but honeybees may go as far as one or two miles to forage. Well, should we go, yeah, let's go, go. look at them? Yeah, let's go. I, I'll... I follow Bob to one of his active hives. This one hasn't been painted yet, so instead of being green like the freshly painted boxes, it has a graying, weathered wood look. It's a stack of boxes about three feet tall that essentially looks like a small chest of drawers, with the major exception that the drawers are filled with bees and honeycomb. The bees are about a centimeter long each. So you can, you can see there they are, and they're, and they're really active, and. These are Italian bees, so they're supposed to be really docile and 
behave well. Uh, I don't get stung unless I um, really make them angry, and uh, uh, I, uh, I don't I don't bring guests right up to the entrance. So, but may, maybe you can get. We get a little bit closer so that I can see the bees coming and going from a small hole near the bottom of the hive. And, and then you can see, see the ones with the yellow going in? Mm -hmm. That's the pollen. When honeybees collect pollen, they carry it on their rear legs. So the bees who have pollen to deliver have these bright yellow saddlebags. Mm -hmm. They're taking the pollen into the hive. And they also, they go out. If you could look at one going out, it's, it's, much, it's enlarged when it gets back because it's full of nectar. Uh, so they, they're out there foraging for both nectar and pollen, and they use both of those to uh, build the hive up. Though he's been doing this for the better part of a decade, Bob has only been stung a handful of times. He says when the bees get angry, you can hear a change in the sound of their buzz. So we give them their space. Bob says before he retired, he'd stop by to see the bees at least twice a week. He says they give him a sense of wonder. But I'd come over here and just sit down right over there and just watch them and just think about uh, what an a incredible world we live in and, and just be grateful for the, uh, the beauty of the place and, and be grateful for the, the way nature interacts and then try to take some responsibility for making sure that we don't, man, people, that we don't mess all this up. When Bob says, mess all this up, he means all of it. Human civilization. And there are plenty of things out there that could wipe us out. A meteorite, for instance. Hey, nobody can do anything about that, but we can do something about this. And I'm, I always hope that uh, when I get a chance to talk about the bees, that people just think, they'll say, who cares about the bees? Well, you better care about the bees, because if, if we don't take care of them, uh, that's, that's my uh, canary in the coal mine. To hear more about how vital bees and other pollinators are to our ecosystem, listen back to our March 28th episode. We have to take a short break, just long enough for you to go put your dancing shoes on. When we come back, we'll learn about swinging, two-stepping, salsa, and more with Nashville's partner dancing aficionados. We'll be right back. This is Nashville. I'm one of the producers for This is Nashville, giving you an episode full of my personal highlights from the last year. And now I'm going to take you back to a balmy June evening. It's warm outside. The sun is shining at seven o'clock. I know it sounds like a mythical fairyland, but go there with me. Just about every Saturday night during the summer, there's a special gathering at Centennial Park. Under the roof of the events shelter, on a big slab of concrete donned with colorful Japanese lanterns, Nashvillians come together to dance. And it's called the Big Band Dance. Producer Elizabeth Burton and I went to check it out. Gentlemen and leaders over here, followers and 
ladies over here. Dance instructor Mark Wagner kicks things off with the single time swing. So first off, we're going to learn the movement. So leaders with your left foot, followers with your right foot, take one step to your side. This is side. Now go back the other way, side. I'll do that again, side, side. Side. After about half an hour of a lesson, Merchants of Cool, a big band, starts playing, and the dancers are on their own. They pour onto the floor from all sides, leaving their picnic tables and camp chairs on the lawn. While some of the dancers are new, some have been at it for much longer like Natalie Stone and Scott Hutchinson, who've been coming for about 10 years. I mean, it's always been pretty popular. Yeah. You know, I think we see a similar thing to what we're seeing now, which is like a really nice range of ages and just like diversity of people that are, you know, kind of like everyone's coming to have a good time and it's just, you know, pretty casual. So I don't know if you think it's changed. I think the thing that's interesting to me is it's, it's pretty consistently brought in a younger crowd than I expect. Um, and I'm kind of pleasantly surprised. We haven't been in the last couple of years. And to come back and see that there's still a ton of young people here is pretty interesting. You know, I mean, when we started coming, we were in our late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, now we're the old fogies, so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Big band dance draws more than just dancers. A lot of folks come out to enjoy from the sidelines, get something tasty from the food trucks, and let the kids draw with sidewalk chalk. I can't leave without saying hello to one man sitting near the band with an adorable puppy. This is Bentley. He's a Cavalier King Charles. And he and I came because his mom, Deb, is playing the piano tonight. So they're performing. We're from Columbia. And so this is our new buddy. He's about eight months old. And uh, we're just here having fun. Now I'd like to introduce one dancer who was there that night, Ron Jones, a.k.a. Ron D. Yeah. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you, thank you. Hey, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. So, you know, the event at the park sounds like a really good time. Mm -hmm. When did you first start going to big band dance night? 2007. Uh, me and my dance crew, we were dancing at Centennial Park. We heard some music, and we, you know, we were break dancers, like popper locker, poppers, lockers, and break dancers. So we went over there and, and joined the fun. But um, as far as a partner dancer, I started going there about seven, eight years ago. So what's kept you coming out every year since? I, I love the joy of dance, period. You know, the music is there. Everybody's, you know, in in um, in agreement with each other mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, getting back to the human thing. I'm, I'm all about the human thing because I'm a neighborhood guy and I love to be a part of neighborhood experiences. So the lesson that night was swing. What do you enjoy about swing dancing? I, just the communication. That's it. You know, it's like the nonverbal communication and the connection that we all have with each other, you know, and it's nonverbal and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just a, being in sync with people, you know, and some people think they're separated, but the music is out just like the sun is out. The sun's for everybody and the music is out for everybody as well. Talk to me about that connection. Is it something that you sense in their eyes, the way you, your dance partner moves? Yeah. It, well, with me, I'm, so I'm a, I'm not a traditional swing guy, right? 
I'm, I'm from Chicago. I do a little disco, a little Chicago step, very little bit of salsa, very little bit of swing, but I have my own style, and my own style is connected to my basketball abilities. So I'm, I'm from Chicago, and I play basketball in Switzerland. So I actually use a lot of my basketball footwork, and what happened was I would go to these places, and you see a lot of dance circles separate. So you have the salsa people over here, the swing people over here. You have all, all these different components separated. So in, at Motown Money in particular, I started dancing with everybody in the building, and kind of brought it together. And now I, now I can understand just have, how to have the conversation with anybody for any reason, on any level. So you talk about dance as a conversation. I really like that. So mm -hmm. tell me, when did you first learn to swing dance? Uh, probably about, well, so I'm a street performer. 19 years last Saturday, I just celebrated 19 years of street performing in the city. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank, thank you, thank you. And what happened was a lot of actually drunk women will, will come up to me wanting to dance, right? Okay. So me being a star of the show, I'm a moonwalker, pop locker guy mostly. And I didn't want to be a spoil your sport because everybody's looking at me. I got the referee outfit on. I got the whistle in my, in my mouth. So I had to make sure I, I didn't want to be a spoil your sport. Just be, you know, just be complimentary to the tourists and stuff like that. But slowly but surely, I end up loving it, loving it, loving it because we couldn't street perform during the wintertime. So I would go to the bars just to hear what music is hitting. So I would use that on my street show. And then I would be there, be present. And women, women would want to dance. And then it went from there. All right. Like seven, eight years ago. All right. Now let's bring in another swing dancer, Lisa Benich, a.k.a. Lisa LaVolta. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Hey, I'm Liza. So, <laughs> so, so Liza, tell me, how did, pardon me, it's Liza, I'm sorry about that. So mm -hmm. how, how did you first get into swing dancing? So I came in backwards. I like tripped and fell into it. I actually um, was break dancing and I had a friend who was part of that community, not Rondi. <laughs> Although we have seen each other there as well, um, who I think I have to ask him why he felt like I would like swing dancing. It could be because of just my visual style. But he was like, I really think you should come out to swing dancing because he was part of both communities. Um, and I went one night to Swing Dance Nashville and just saw all the amazing outfits. Everyone was smiling. No one was on their phone. Everyone was connecting. Like Ron's saying, it's a conversation, all different ages, all different backgrounds. And I was hooked. I was like, I want to do what they're doing, and I want to do it well. Now, what is it? What is it about this connection? Apparently, yeah. we've discovered between break dancing and swing dancing. Is it the acrobatic nature of both dances? It can be, although. So we call them um, aerials in swing dance. That definitely helps if you have some uh, flipping ability. I did gymnastics in my past, so I'm able to draw from that. But a lot of the footwork is surprisingly similar. It's just restyled to a swung beat. And if you go back to um, Al Mims and some of the older solo jazz and really watch the old tapes, they do floor work. And it looks very similar to breaking. Everything's kind of come out of and grown out of solo jazz. So mm -hmm. there's a surprising amount of crossover. All right. So tell me, what is it about swing dancing that generates fun and excitement? Uh, what? It's easier to answer like the opposite question because there's not like there's nothing <laughs> that I can think of that isn't fun about it. Um, I think it's a very sweet community. The music's really heartwarming. The jazz, something about the jazz era is just, I don't know, it's heartwarming. That's the best way I can put it. And it kind of sets the tone for how everyone interacts. It's mm. just very sweet. It's hard to articulate in any other words than that. I would say it's rare. In a way, it takes me back to childhood where things are just really simple. You can just hang out in the sandbox. Hey, hey, mm -hmm. 
you're my friend. You're my friend. And, you know, it's not complicated. You can try to just be yourself. Yeah. Now, we were talking about the connection between breakdancing and, and swing dancing. And because it can look a little bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. There's flips and turns. Yeah. What are some of the moves incorporated into swing dancing and how hard are they to pull off? Okay. Um, so there are different veins of swing dancing. And I really, there are different types of swing dancers as well. And I really feel like swing dance is for everyone. So you can come and you can just have fun with your friends. You can play around. You can meet new people. You can laugh. Um, you can learn the basic step, which is a rock step, triple step, triple step. If you can do that, you can do that all night and just have a hand-to-hand connection and you're good to go. Um, people that want to continue in the dance and move into flips, move into more complicated footwork, move into some of the innovation and some of the other styles of swing dance being Balboa, collegiate shag, um, they can do that as well. So there's an opportunity for all different kinds of people to connect and right, to move forward. So take me out to the dance floor with you. Okay. You know, describe to me what it's like to be on the floor in the zone doing your thing. Yeah. So I'm a musician and I love music and I just, I love music so much. Like making music and singing music isn't enough. I almost like want to climb inside the music and live in the music. So dance really embodies that for me. Um, And having dance is such a gift because it just helped me express and be closer to the music. So being on the dance floor for me is uh, watching my friends, looking over, watching everybody laugh, have these amazing interactions. They're just cute and sweet. It's being swept up by the music. It's uh, tripping over my feet sometimes and falling on someone, then laughing about it and being like, ah! <laughs> just continuing to go. I mean, it's all things. It's just a lot of fun, most of all. So it's safe to say that you're an enthusiast. Very much. Okay, so tell us, where did this particular style of partner dancing where did where did swing dancing originate yeah swing dancing originated in the 1920s and it continued into the 40s um and some of the founders were really in harlem it was a social dance style uh and it just kind of evolved from there it had a re-up in the late 90s early 2000s where it was thrust um back into the scene. You can also see it in a lot of silver screen pictures. Hell's a Poppin'. There's some amazing swing dancing going on in that movie. And, yeah. So what about the fashion? Like, what type of fashion accompanies swing dancing? Era fashion. So you can dress... (laughs) You can dress... Any any style, by the way. So don't anyone feel confined to these. I've shown up like full blown eighties before, but okay. Um, there's twenty style Charleston, which is that flapper style that'll fly. There's the traditional like fifties rockabilly with the big floofy skirts and um, the pin curled hair. You could go sixties. <laughs> there's just everything. So is there anything that people should not wear out there? Yeah, I would recommend not wearing shoes that stick to the floor. So uh, your running shoes, which are built so you don't fall and slide, those are actually going to impede your progress when you're swing dancing because if someone tries to turn you or spin you, you're going to stick to the floor and that's going to hurt your joints. Mm. So I prefer pretty slick bottom shoes. I would say mild to moderately slick when you're starting because you do still want to be able to put the brakes on. But I love shoes where someone can just drag me across the floor, really. Okay. So, but if you're going to wear pants, make sure that they're kind of loose and stretchy. 
Uh, yeah, stretchy pants are great. You definitely don't want to rip your pants on the floor. Yeah. I've seen that before. I mean, that could be a whole thing, though. So maybe you do. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so so Ron, I understand that swing is just one of your specialties when it comes to partner dancing. What other styles do you enjoy? Well, I, I like I enjoy as far as as far as like. Partner dancing? Yeah. Uh, it's probably disco. I'm a disco maniac. And, you know, I grew up in Chicago, so we had house music, which is kind of derivative of disco. And so I love fast-moving things. I love the flow, the constant flow of dance, constant work, similar to basketball. Basketball is a game of spurts, so it's kind of the same thing. Uh, it's just like, so I, I kind of do, like, basketball moves. Like, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a woman, swing her out, grab her race, put her behind my back just like a basketball, like that. So uh, just, a, just a lot of—my— my, my, particular show is verbal, nonverbal, comedic theater, dance, comedy, mime, and improv. So I love the improv and the feel of dance. Mm-hmm. So if you if you say, take me on a take me on a journey in the dance floor with you, we just walking. But we're walking and we're talking while we're walking. So when I teach, I teach people how to learn how to put themselves inside the dance. So I teach you how to learn how to be yourself within the dance. So you can figure out what the music means to you. So when you're talking disco dance, I remember, I'm of that age, I remember people doing the hustle. Yes. You out there doing the hustle. A hundred thousand percent. People look at me like, Ron, what are you doing? Everything. Everything. And anything I can think of and trying to improv my way out of the matrix of of the world. And I think that song, The Hustle, is going to be in my head for the rest of the day. I'm down for it. Now, you know, some dance styles, people... You know, they take the basic moves and they add their own flair to them. Mm-hmm. You were just giving us a description of that you take basketball moves and add that flair. Have you ever taken uh, basically combinations of these different dance styles mm-hmm. and come up with something? Yeah, so if you see my style, like especially if I do Plaza Mariachi, like Nicole, she's, you know, my, my thing is to be present. Whatever whatever needs to, whatever I, do, whatever I need to do to be present, as present as possible, I'm going to do it. Uh, nothing too out of the reach, but it's going to be within rhythm. Similar to how me and Nicole first met, this is going to be a good transition because, Nicole, you remember how we first met? Somewhere. No, we were at a Waffle House. She, we had oh, a mutual friend, right. and I got into a dance battle inside the Waffle House. Like we <laughs> yeah. just dance. So it's all about making sure that um, no matter where we are, you know, we're gonna make sure we make a, 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 a definitely an experience out of it. Okay, my next guest is a master of the other another style that's offered in town, and that's salsa. Nicole <laughs> Ahima, welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's so great to have you. So let, let's start with the origins of salsa dancing. Where does this style come from, Nicole? Ooh, that's a battle. I don't want to be the one to say it, but I'm going to tell you what my learning has been. So salsa is actually, from my understanding, from New York, <laughs> which a lot of people are surprised by. Uh, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Colombians will fight over the origins of it. The origins, the base dances that make up salsa did come from there. Son, danson, all of those styles of dances. But they traveled in a great migration up to New York, mixed with swing, hustle of the time, and then salsa was created from there. Salsa came from yeah. there. You know, I remember in 2009, I was in New York City for the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Oh, and it was that just, just happened recently, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of people were all over town. And I just saw an elderly man who was dancing by himself. Mm-hmm. He just looked so smooth. I just yeah. went up to him. I said, sir, I want to be you when I grow yes, up. Yes, they have so much, so much sabor, so much flavor when they dance. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so, you know, salsa, it's a combination of a lot of different styles. Yes. Tell, tell me, what does it feel like for you to be out on the floor dancing to the music? Uh, it's like church. 
I feel swept away by the music. Like she said, it's the sandbox where you can just go out, put your hand out and be like, we're going to dance together and have a good time. You're making, you're creating, you're co-creating together. It just feels, I feel so connected to something else. I could feel so connected to the music, to the person that I'm dancing with. And you were talking about connection and what do we mean by that? And it's just, that's, that's what it is. You're just, you're so connected to yourself and everything around you. It just feels like heaven. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Kaliole Kalona. We're talking this hour about partner dancing in our city. Tweet us your favorite partner dance at This Is Nashville. So you're an instructor. I am. What motivated you to become a salsa instructor? Um, I felt, so my background is in modern and contemporary from MTSU. And so I had taken pedagogy classes on how to teach. And then eventually when I started dancing salsa, I felt like there was more to be offered in the way of expressing technique and building fundamentals for students. And so I decided maybe with a little bit too much ego that I deserved to be a teacher. (laughs) And so I was going to start teaching and, you know, you learn a lot along the way teaching that there were not so great moments and now I've like finally found my groove and I love it. I love teaching people. I love sharing my passion with people and they pick it up and I see the light bulbs and I see them out dancing and just living their best life and I love it. I mean you really do love it. You're teaching all around town. You teach at Plaza Mariachi, Pearl Diver, Rhythm and Spice. It seems clear that there's a big salsa community here in Nashville. What does that community mean to you? That community is my family. That's what they mean to me. <laughs> I It's like full of, you know, people that I came in with. It's full of my students who I consider to be my babies. I can I tell anybody who takes class with me once you're forever my student. If you ever have a question, please contact me. And so they have direct access to me at any time with any question. And I just I love them. The community is everything that supports why salsa even exists in Nashville. If it wasn't for the community, there would be there there it wouldn't exist. There would be no point. So it's it's them. That's why we're here. Have any of your students ever gone on to raise to like a dancing with the stars level of ability? No. I ability, probably yes. But have they wanted to do dancing with the stars? No. But <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of the people that dance salsa in Nashville, we're not we don't do competitive dancing, actually. So I do have a background in competitive ballroom for a little bit, but I, I the people in the community dance it because they love it and they're having a good time sharing space with other people and it's they've had a long day at work and this is the place where they go to decompress and so a lot of them don't want to make it competitive they want it to be something that continues to be social and fun and lighthearted. and yeah they want to work on their skill but a lot of the times it's not something that they compete in if any of them want to compete they need to let me know because I'm ready let's go hey (laughs) (laughs) now now Ron D you I mean salsa is in your toolbox of dance skills as well what what makes salsa different from the other forms of well, dance. salsa is a, is a very small part of what I do. I have a joke with the, with my salsa family. They I, they say, Ron, do you do salsa? I said, No, I do sour cream. I'm, I'm, I'm right next to the salsa. I'm right next to the salsa because I'm I'm just whipping it up. But I, but, I, but I I love the music, so I can translate to anything. Like I'm gonna just figure out. Like I can dance with a salsa dancer. It won't be specifically perfect. But I, I, I guarantee you it be still be seamless because what I try to do is I try to download the, what the woman wants to do. Try, you know, with, with her hands, it's just like driving a car, just like a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to download what the woman wants to do. And you have lead and follows, but it's just 
I just do, I, I, I dance so seamlessly. I just try to make it. I try not to make it a tug of war. Mm. Yes, I mean, so cute. no matter what it is, I'm just light handed. Make sure your elbows and shoulders are loose so we can really communicate. You know, and so salsa, salsa is beautiful. I love the music mostly. If I'm not in love with the music, I'm not dancing. Mm. Now, Liza, Rondi was just talking about that partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, the leader and the follower and that communication. How important is that in swing? Super important. Uh, just so that you can have the lightheartedness that was mentioned earlier. because And also for safety, like if you're being yanked wrong mm-hmm. or you're not, it's like two people talking over each other. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hear each other if you're being yanked and, and you're not receiving the message and the follow is like, ooh, I want to go this way or I don't feel comfortable with that or I'm not sure what you're communicating to mm-hmm. me. You're not going to hear each other. So it's really important to build the foundational connection and what's cool about that in all partner dances is once you really understand that, you can transfer it to other partner dances. And you can, like Ron said, dance with a salsa dancer or dance with a different kind of dancer because you understand the connection. Hearing you all talk about this, it's like you're using all of your senses when yes. you're out there on the mm-hmm. dance floor, 100%. not just your mobility and your ears. Yeah. It's like your entire being. And so you guys dance and you dance a lot. I want to know how many nights a week? You all are out there dancing. Rondi, how many nights are you out there? Six. Six nights a week. Because (laughs) what I do is when I teach, right, I teach, first of all, when I teach, I make sure that they're using their imagination. So when I looked at uh, different break dancers and different movies, I looked at not only the dancing, but the setting of joy that they create in the background. So what I do is I try to create the be- the, uh, the setting of joy no matter where I go, no matter if it's Robert's Western World, the American Legion, Plaza Mariachi, or, you know, Bourbon Street Blues Bar. And those, are not, those are my favorite places to go. But I just make sure I live in the setting of joy and, and, and challenge people to use their imagination. So I, I teach people how to dance. I do it at Centennial Park. I do it anywhere. And then I take them on dance adventures. So we go bar hopping so they can activate, you know, Activate what they what they want to know, whatever they want to do, and also so they can learn how to negotiate space on the floor because mm. it gets really it gets really serious. You got to th- like you need to be right there or you need to be right there because we try to make sure we don't get elbowed. I got a black eye one day, and I never. Let me tell you something. I, 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 a black eye? That's one thing. I'm used to. I, I couldn't understand like maybe a, a stepped on foot or toe, no, 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 but no. a black eye. Let me tell you. So so now I'm like 360. So I'm dancing with a woman. I'm looking like Bruce Lee, like c- c- walking to a building. Like I dance with a woman. I'm getting her to a spot. I'm making sure, because, you know, people have a lot of elbows everywhere. Yeah. So uh-huh. you have to make sure it's tight. Sometimes you have to roll it right in tight. Sometimes you have to swing out. Sometimes you have to step and move. So it's, it's a lot of techniques. Okay, so, Liza, how many, time, how many nights do you dance? Okay, here's the current situation. <laughs> <laughs> so when we had a dance group, we were out there like six to seven nights a week. Mm-hmm. However... I've put myself in dance prison so that I can work on my music album right now. (laughs) Otherwise, I will only be dancing. So we're at like two to three nights a week. Two to three nights a week Mm -hmm. during dance time out. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Nicole, how often do you hit the dance floors? Uh, Oh, uh, I, there's a, there are a lot of beautiful dance opportunities for salsa almost every night of the week. Um, I teach three. I teach two nights of the week. I host an event at Rhythm and Spice on Tuesdays. There's Rudy's on Mondays. There's Plaza Mariachi on Thursdays. There's um, there's studio socials on Saturdays and Fridays. And you know we just we we hop around. So there's dancing almost every night of the week that people can come out and dance salsa or bachata with us. All right. Now, yeah. Eliza, what do you love most about partner dancing? Oh, that's such a hard question. I know, right? The favorite question. Um, I just love communicating the music. 
Mm. I'll, I'll put that as one. Like the, the joint connection through the music and expressing music with the co-creator. Mm. And my secondary is the fashion because where else am I going to get to dress this extra? Like, <laughs> and she, she is always it. sharp. <laughs> she, ha- she has tons of accessories. She's always sharp. Always Thank sharp. you. Ron, what's your favorite part about partner dancing? Walking into a place like the American Legion or like uh, Motown Monday or Plaza Mariachi and being able to be the thermostat of the room, right? I, I can control the narrative while I'm there, which means that I'm going to elevate the, the morale, just like I do on a basketball court because I love basketball. That's just what we I do. Know. But, we but it, it, yeah, we, we don't play. But no, what happens is, you know, to make sure that everybody's, to, you know, we're very present to be present, to be, um, to be, just throw myself in it. You know, the, the amount of expression that happens when you dance is just the euphoria. Mm-hmm. It, it cannot be matched because the music is there. That was dance enthusiast Ron D. the referee Jones. He was joined by swing dancer Liza Benich, a.k.a. Liza LaVolta. Nicola Hima sticks with us through the break. When we come back, we'll hear the second half of my episode pick for producer takeover week. Join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. McKay, and this is Nashville. We take these little breaks during the hour to hear from our underwriters, but also because we need a moment to usher guests in and out of the studio. When I stepped into the hall to prepare our next guests for their turn, I stumbled upon the most life-giving scene. Laura May Sox, two-step dance instructor, was leading Leon Berrios, who normally dances bachata, salsa, and more, in an impromptu dance lesson. Sadly, I had to interrupt them to keep the show rolling, but not before I snapped a quick video. Visit our Instagram to peep it. Now, let's get into their segment. We pick up the conversation when Khalil asks Laura May to tell us about another style of dance she enjoys, Cajun dancing. It's actually the most, it's my favorite style of dancing. Um, you, would, you would dance two steps to each side, but there is a little bit of a hold on that second hold. So it's more of a feel thing. Um, and your body is going to be very loose and your feet are going to never leave the ground. So, it's, it's very sexy. So you're kind of sliding. Very much floor. sliding. Oh, yeah. How is that different from two-step? Te- like Texas two-step, that would be more linear. So you'd be traveling around the room more and not moving to the side as much. And this step is going to be quick, quick, slow, slow. So okay. it's like different, a, different patterns. It's kind of like a moseyed oh, yeah. type of form of dance. Sensual, you would say. Very sensual. Cajun dancing in Zydeco, very sensual. Okay, now, Leon, you dance different styles like bachata, zouk, and kizomba. I want to run through each, starting with bachata. What is that? Well, bachata, first of all, is from Dominican Republic. You know, it's a kind of a style of dancing which has its own music because it's created together, music and the dance, compared to some other dances like Zouk, which doesn't have their own music. But yeah, it's uh, describing it is a little uh, really hard. I was trying to put it together, you know, and, and, and so that people can see it. But it's, 
if I think it's culture, it's like family, mm. uh, people get together. Bachata actually means getting together and having fun. And, and that's bachata, you know, you dance with your mama, with your grandma, with your friends, with your girlfriend, with your wife, with your children. And, but it's, it's probably one of the most accessible dances compared to salsa okay. because of the beat. Because it is basically straightforward and with a tap, one, two, three, tap, five, two, three, tap. Although it's counting eight, one, two, three, tap, five, six, seven, eight. Gotcha. And, and you basically go side to side. Now, you, <laughs> you also dance kizomba, which I've tried in, in the past. And I, I remember that you get very, very close to your partner, <laughs> which is can be kind of hard. What sets this style apart? Yes. It, first is... Uh, the music too is the language even the origin of kizomba and zouk is more like related to the languages in portuguese in general although it's also in french but we're not gonna go that deep into that okay but it, it, it the beat is also different and and it's marked in in the music for example in in kizomba and zouk feels more like one two and three four and one two and three four and mm. whereas the other kind of music feels more like bachata for example one two three four five six seven eight so that makes you uh, the, the kind of footwork you do with those two dances is totally different and and then, then salsa and bachata so and the closeness as you said so if you think doing a, an, an already a little complex footwork being so close, it's so complicated in the beginning. In yeah. the beginning, then it is very easy, you know, a lot of fun. And it gets you really up in your head. The person who taught me Kinzomba was my best friend's girlfriend, and she said, you have to get very close. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling weird about this. She just grabbed me and made me do it. I ended up being in a competition about it. Um, tell me, how did you How did you first get into dancing? Into dancing is, uh, as I said, it's cultural for me. I'm from Nicaragua. And we grew up dancing, and I was sharing an anecdote is that in Nicaragua, we have piñatas, and since you are very young, you are not allowed to hit the piñata before dancing. Huh. So, so you are in there in front of everyone, you know, blindfolded, and people start saying, que baile, que baile, meaning you have to dance. And there is music, so you dance before hitting the piñata. So you, you start training at a very young age. But my mama was also a, a, an instructor. So she would do, believe it or not, we would dance to Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. Wow. We were very, yeah, my mom, Ice, Ice Baby, and yeah, can yeah. touch this. Yeah, in Latin America, you know, and, and also my mom would play salsa, but for us it was a little more like, that's all people's music, you know, wow. salsa and cha-cha. And that was like, and I would say uh, jokingly, or we have joke, that's my grandma's music, and that's my mama's music. But now... Coming to the United States, I realized that is that's part of the whole being a Latino in, in, in the United States. And you get in contact more and more with salsa, bachata, cha-cha, and all these and great instructors that we have, including Nicole in, in, in Nashville, you know, and, and you, you take advantage of that. Now, yeah. Laura, Laura May, how about you? How did you get into dancing? I started when I was probably five years old, uh, square dancing. And um, during square dances, you do a waltz. And the waltz was always my favorite part. And that's when you're going to, like, stay with the same partner, build a connection. And um, from there, I started Cajun two-stepping and Zydecoing and Texas two-stepping. Just kept going. Kept going. You know, dancing, 
it's like this wonderful display of self-expression, and it can feel kind of like a meditation, right? 100%. Um, I, I love this. You never see someone with their phone while they're dancing. And in my class that I've been teaching for nine years, twice has ever someone had a phone in my class. And one person was very in love, so I understood. He had to text that girl. <laughs> I've learned this new move. we got to do it. Now, now how, does, how does dancing allow us to relax and just express ourselves? Oh, you get out of your head and in your body. So I think that's, in this day and age, a very rare thing. And it's, it sparks so much joy. And having, like, this connection with your body with another person and you're expressing that connection with music, it just shows you how interconnected everyone is mm. and the dancers around you and nothing is better. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking partner dancing this hour and salsa dancer Nicole Ahima is still with us. Now, Nicole, let's talk about what dance can do for our bodies and spirits. What do you think? <sighs> That's a loaded question. It can do so much. It can do everything. Um, for your body, obviously, there's the physical benefits. You're moving your body. You're sweating. You're, um, you're doing great things for your health, cardiovascular system, moving your muscles, muscle tone, all of those things. But for your spirit, oh, it's so. it can do so many things. I think the one thing that a lot of people don't or one thing that I think of a lot is that your emotions get stored in your body. So if you don't express emotions, if you hold in your cries, if you hold in your anger, all of that gets stored in your body in certain places and moving that a lot of people, if they don't dance, if they don't move, they don't hike, they don't row a boat, they don't, you know, they're not active in their body. Whenever you start dancing, that stuff starts to come, starts to come out. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it can be a very spiritual, very emotional, very clearing experience for people. Um, I think that it connects you to yourself more because you do get out of your head and into your body and you get into your heart and you really are connected with another person in their energy. And that can be so healthy and so beautiful for your spirit just to connect for, with somebody despite anything else that's going on in the world, despite any um, racial, economic, socio background, whatever. It's just you and this other person com communicating to an eight count beat and just moving together. It can be so divine. You know, I was thinking about what you what you're saying. I, I think we've all seen it. People like the, at the dance clubs, mm -hmm. and you're kind of like dancing by yourself. You're sweating. You're just letting it loose. I yes. think that's what that song last night, the DJ Save My Life, was all about. Mm. Allowing people to fully express themselves through that. How does what happens when your partner dancing though, and you have some kind of maybe unworked trauma or or some of these energies you were talking about to work through? What should you keep in mind if you're going to dance with a partner and you don't want to waylay them with the stuff you've been holding back? Um, I think that when you're in the partnership, it's just it's such a beautiful space. And then it's usually after you remove yourself that mm -hmm. all of that stuff gets worked up. Mm -hmm. um, but in that moment, it's, well, actually, I'll take that back. Some people do have a hard time connecting because of whatever emotional, uh, you know, block that they may have. And so some people 
I think it's just a very dance is a very sneaky way of making you deal with yourself because <laughs> you might not realize that you have a block connection with somebody, but you're dancing and you're like, I think I really like this, but I don't know why. And you might struggle like you might go back and forth in your head, but ultimately you're there and it transmutes into your life. Like maybe you are a bit cold or more reserved with people in life. And when you start dancing, it starts, you start warming up a little bit. You melt that all yeah. away. Now, now, Leon, how do the rhythms in music guide you toward the style of dance? You know, that's probably the main thing for me. It's like that connection with the rhythm and distinguishing, you know, even sections of music to realize that you can adapt your dancing to that specific, uh, you know, rhythm. And uh, as I said, the section of that music could be cha could change the whole dynamic of what you are doing. Mm. Whereas in bachata or salsa and, and, and you and, and for me, having that, that skill, extra skill on, on understanding the music helps me. And for example, I, someone told you that I was going to bring my clave, right? Yes, oh, please give us an example. That's the yes. backbone of everything. So if you <laughs> understand this, you understand salsa fully. Give us an example, because, please. And for example, in salsa, you have two parts of the clave. The one that is called 3-2 and the other is called 2-3. Meaning, that is a 3-2 because it has three beats in the beginning and two at the end. And uh -huh. then you have a 2-3, which is... Two, three, five, and eight. Two, three. But there is a silence in the beginning in the second part, and that could throw off people a mm. lot because it's one, two, three, ta, 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 one, two, three, ta, five, six, ta, seven, ta. Eight. And depending on the when you are at in the events to start dancing, mm -hmm. if you get in a different place, you are gonna be crossed, and the music and the bass will be hitting a different place. Mm -hmm. You can still dance it. But you are not gonna be feeling the same feeling that you, the other partner is, or what is trying to do with you. So mm -hmm. the movement, right? Yes. Nicole, that's that's the part of the essence. And when you feel that you, it is even hard to get to create the connection if it if you are not feeling the clave. Yes. And every instrument around is is playing based on the clave. Man, so talk to tell, talk to me about this energy. So you're in rhythm. Yes. With your partner. Yet you and your partner are in rhythm with everyone else mm -hmm. and on the dance floor. absolute harmony with everything. And the bass with the campana, the campana with the drums, the drums with this. And if, if there, there is something going on that is not following the clave, we would say, está cruzado. Está cruzado means that you are not playing. And the whole band will look at you like, what are you doing? You know, listening to all this, it really feels like partner dancing can create and bring about world peace. It should. It, it can. Yes. It definitely can. So, Laura May, like, talk to me about some of the best places in town to go two-stepping and doing some Cajun dancing. Well, in town, there's not much Cajun dancing. Mm -hmm. um, I did that mostly in Louisiana. But there's a lot of Texas two-step and Tennessee two-step. Um, What's the difference between Texas two-step and Tennessee two-step? It's just a different step. Um, the Tennessee two-step in Texas, they call it the lazy two-step. Um, oh. I know. Throwing shade. Hard <laughs> shade. Um, you go to the left. So it's like a step, slide, step, slide. Then you go to the right and hold. And then the Texas two-step is going to be quick, quick, slow, slow with your left foot your right foot your left foot your right foot so just okay. a different pattern all right all right now we yeah. we got a tweet from susan curvra she says nashville has a great 
contra dancing scene. And she points out that there's an event tonight at Second Presbyterian on Belmort. And she also says, quote, contra dancing is like those dances in Pride and Prejudice mixed with square dancing and swing, end quote. <laughs> have any of you done contra dancing? Yes. I have not done contra <laughs> dancing, but I know people who have. What's and they it, love it. She ain't lying like, about Laura what May. she just said. Um, so you have a string band playing and you have a caller. So unlike the dancing that we mostly do, you have this caller up there calling the dance. So you'll dance a reel. There'll be two lines of people and you change partners every move. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. I know. A lot of spinning. A okay. lot of spinning. The Latin yeah. equivalent is called Casino yeah, Rueda. Casino Rueda. Yeah. And I do that. It's like in Rotonia used to dance. She, did, she said she did contra, contra dance. She started. And she oh. dances Casino Rueda. And I dance Casino Rueda. And that's, yeah, There's you a change collar, partners everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and the collar is fast. The collar is, yeah. so you got to oh, be yeah. on your, uh, literally on your toes. You I'm sorry be. for the pun. <laughs> <laughs> oh. we'll, t- we'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there a dress code involved in two-stepping, Laura? May? Uh, okay, so in Louisiana, the couples match. They like if Nicole and I were partners, we would be both wearing red shirts, white pants. We'd try to match. It's precious. <laughs> okay. I love it. Um, in Texas, that's pretty common too. But here, definitely not. Just wear whatever you want. The main thing, and I've heard this over and over again in this um, conversation, is you want your shoes to slide. Okay. That's the most crucial element. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wear whatever you want. Wear something that makes you feel good, makes you feel attractive to yourself, and um, make sure your shoes don't stick to the ground. Yeah. Don't be wearing your Tevas. Yeah. Have you gotten to that level where you bring your dancing shoes with you? Uh, I just make sure that I always have them on, except for right now, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you want to know? What? Nicole, tell me this. What do you want people to know about partner, the partner dancing scene here in town? I, that it's welcoming, that everybody is welcome to all the styles of dance that we've covered here today. You don't have to be afraid. Um, something to point out, though, is that dance is one of the top five fears in the world. Wow. Actually. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people find a lot of fright in that because they you have to unveil yourself. I think subconsciously people know that you're really going to expose yourself. You're vulnerable. You're dancing with another person. But honestly... I think everybody that's spoken here today that is so welcoming in their classes and we're we just we welcome you. We want you to be there. Every there's everybody's been a beginner at some point and we will there's no dancer left behind. We will work with you until you get it, until you feel mm-hmm. comfortable. And maybe if salsa's not it for you, we'll send you to bachata. If bachata's not it for you, we're gonna start a Cajun scene. If Cajun's not it for you, you can go and do Lindy. Like there's something for everybody and we just all of us just want everybody we want everybody to dance. Like you said we're trying to instill world peace over here in our mm-hmm. in our pocket of the world so we want everybody to dance with us i think let, you're my soulmate yeah, yeah. I, we are soulmates. <laughs> I, love I chose our episode on partner dancing because of the sheer joy you can hear in each guest's voice when talking about their favorite activity Thank you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville is a production of Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced and directed by yours truly, Magnolia McKay. Our board operator is Liv Lombardi. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville, find us on Instagram, and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. 
This is Nashville. I'm Magnolia McKay, and we'll see you tomorrow when I pass the mic to Catherine Cece's for this producer takeover week. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes.